Praise God. Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. To, uh, I'm so glad you're here. Just really glad you're here. What a difference a week makes, too, right? Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. All right. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. Isaiah nine six says, "For for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called." Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Amen. Jesus, we need you. Yeah. All right. So this is the fourth and final week of this series, and the theme of it has been that the Lord desires to increase the kingdom of God in us and through us. And when Isaiah prophesied about Jesus, he was prophesying about what, not only what Jesus would do, but who Jesus is, and then what we could do when Jesus lives inside of us. That's right. Okay? So... When it says that there will be no end to the increase of the kingdom, again, this is just a little review, but there will be no end to the increase of his kingdom. The word increase means abundance. So there will be no end to the abundance of his kingdom. Well, what's his kingdom? It's, it's, it's joy, it's peace, it's righteousness in the Holy Spirit. So there will be no end to the abundance of peace, joy, righteousness, hope, all these things in the Holy Ghost, all right? And so it was never meant to stop. It was never meant to shrink back. It was always meant to increase. Always, always meant to increase. And again, that has been God's plan from the beginning. At, at review, Genesis 1.26 or, or 1.28 said, God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply Amen. and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God told man to rule to rule, to have dominion, to have authority over every living thing. And he said that he placed Adam and Eve in the garden and said, this is yours, but what I would like you to do is to be fruitful and multiply and increase the boundaries of what I've entrusted you with. You understand that the Lord gives us, like, like we understand the Lord gives us a measure of faith and it's up to us what we do with that measure of faith, okay? Right. And And... The Lord has given us the space, and it's up to us what we do with the space, but, but we feel called more to just the space. We feel called to the surrounding Amen. area, okay? Or we feel called to the city. And so it's being fruitful and multiplying <coughs> and spreading the boundaries of what God did. Now, we understand, we understand that when God said be fruitful and multiply, that Satan had already fallen, all right? And that probably happened, a lot of scholars will say it happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 
verse 2, when God said, let there be light. All right, so it's probably somewhere right between there. But anyway, he had fallen, and so everything outside the Garden of Eden, the enemy had dominion and authority over. And God says, I want you to take back what is rightfully mine. And so Jesus, he's born. Jesus is born in Matthew 18, 18. I think it's Matthew 18, 18. He says that I have, what? I have taken the keys of the kingdom and I give them to you. So essentially Jesus is saying what Adam and Eve freely gave up in the garden, I've taken back and I'm going to go ahead and give them back to you because I want to reinstill what my original intentions were in the first place. And so God's plan all along has been the increase of his kingdom. Has always been and will always, always be. And so, begs the question, like, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? How does it increase? How, how does it, because showing up to, showing up to church on a Sunday or Friday, um, and, and doing whatever, and then going home, and never seeing anyone get saved, healed, or delivered was never his plan. That's right. It was about taking back what was lost. Jesus actually said, I came to, the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. He didn't say, I came to save who was lost. He said, I came to save that which was lost. In other words, it was always the expansion of his kingdom. That's right. Amen. All right. So how, how is this released? How is the kingdom, how does the kingdom grow? How does it, it increase? And, and we've said this, this has been the first point of the last few weeks but it is always through the recognition of who Jesus is. If we want the kingdom to grow, we have to understand who he is. And it said the child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. And I believe that if we get a revelation of those four things, that we would get a greater understanding of how the kingdom actually grows. Amen. He's the wonderful counselor, which means he is the <laughs> he is the wondrously wondrously good giver of advice. Like he doesn't give bad advice. That's what wonderful counselor means. He is the mighty God, which means that he is the God who has prevailed. And we said not he's prevailed in the sense that it's past tense. It's past and present tense, as a matter of fact, but. It's not that it's going to happen. It's that he already has prevailed so we can live from victory as opposed to striving for right. victory. All right? So he's the one who's prevailed. And he's the eternal father, which literally could just be translated as he's the father that will never quit being our father. Amen. He's Amen. not going to be like, I'm just done. <laughs> right? He's not going to be like, I'm tired of you guys. Or he's not like, you're 18, get out. <laughs> okay? He's, he's like... I am always going to be your father. I'm going to continually be your father. I'm forever going to be your father. And there's not much that you could do that's going to talk him out of that, all right? right. That's just what he is. And if you mess up, he's going to be standing there like this, not like this, okay? Yeah. So he's just a good, good father. Then we get to this last thing, Prince of Peace, which I absolutely love this. All right, so when we think of ruling and reigning, First, we understand that in a fallen world, it's up to us to take back what the enemy has. So if the enemy has something, the enemy is ruling and reigning over that. I think we could agree to that very principle. 
how does the enemy rule and reign? The enemy rules and reigns through intimidation, through force, through manipulation, right? Through whatever, all right? The kingdom of God, it's different. It's not through manipulation. It's not through force. It's not through anger. It's through peace. That's a different way to rule. That's a different way to reign. He doesn't, yeah, we have the fear of God, but it's that righteous, holy fear. He doesn't say, you know, I, I don't even know how to explain it other than the sense that when he reigns, his kingdom is a kingdom of peace. Amen. All right. The word prince, it means ruler. It means chieftain. It means overseer. It means governor. So he literally is the overruler, the overseer, the chieftain, the governor of peace. And the word peace, it's a familiar word. It's from the Hebrew, shalom. And it means completeness. It means wholeness. It means soundness. It actually means favorable. So he's the prince of favor over us, all right, which I absolutely love that. He's the prince of safety. And it actually... When it says the prince of peace, the word peace could be translated as prosperity. So he's the prince of prosperity. He's the governor of prosperity over people's lives. Amen. Now, don't get a little weird <coughs> out by using that language. I think, you know, don't let a few knuckleheads ruin it for the rest of us. We always say these things. God desires to bless his children, all right? right? So, so he is the prince of peace. So let me read this great big long sentence. He is the ruler, the chieftain, the overseer, the governor of completeness, soundness, favor, wholeness, safety, and prosperity. So when we have anxiety, Jesus is our peace, right? When we have stress, Jesus is our peace. We had a lot of weird things happen today, and, and I told April, I said, I'm really just, <laughs> I'm really having to, what I'm going to preach on tonight, honey... It's like the Lord is just saying, let's just see if you really are made of what you're going to actually try to teach your people tonight. <laughs> and so, so he is this, when, when we're stressed out, when we're anxiety ridden, he is our peace. Right. When, when everything is good, he is our peace. When, when people are afraid, he is our peace. And, and, and not only is, our, is he our peace, but he's the one that governs, that rules over the peace. In other words, it's, he is in control of all of that. And, and I think sometimes that we're okay saying, Jesus be my strength, which he is our strength, but Jesus be my peace is a little different mindset. Mm -hmm. Jesus be my peace. Which is Jesus be my completeness. Jesus be my wholeness. Jesus be my favor, right? Jesus, be my safety. Jesus, be my prosperity. Jesus, be these things for me. That's right. You're the prince of those things. It begins to bring calmness to your heart as we begin to pray like that. He desires to be our peace. <coughs> now, if that's who he is, and that's what he desires to give us, then we need to learn how to receive. That's right. right. Like some of us are really good at giving things, but we're really awkward receiving things, right? It's like when you receive a compliment. 
It's like you can give out a compliment. You look nice tonight. But when someone says, you look nice tonight, you're like, oh, you know, or whatever. Or, or someone, I used to get really weirded out when someone said it was a great message. And I didn't know what to say. And then <laughs> I didn't. And at first I was like, that was all God. And then I'm like, it probably wasn't all God because it would have been a lot better if it was all God, right? <laughs> but, but, but now I actually heard one of my favorite preachers says that when someone gives him a compliment, he just tells the person, thank you. And when he gets home, he gets alone with God and says, that crown that someone just gave me, I give it back to you because I recognize, I recognize that the only reason why they said that is because you allow that to happen and you move through me. That's good. Amen. Okay. So that's a really good way to take a compliment, by the way. Thank you. Don't rob someone of a blessing. Just thank you. And then you go back and say, Jesus, it was you. I understand. All right. So we need to learn to receive what Jesus has given us. Psalm 29, 11. Psalm 29, 11 says this. The Lord will give strength to his people. He'll give might to his people. He'll give strength. He'll prevail on his people. Same word as using when it says mighty God, but he'll, he'll give strength to his people. And right here, the second part of Psalm 29, 11, the Lord will bless his people with peace. That's right. He'll give strength to his people and he will bless his people with peace. And when he says bless, it's not just he's going to bless, he's going to abundantly bless is what it translates as. It means that he's going to congratulate us with peace. He's like, congratulations, you're my kid. Here's a bunch of peace, right? He's going to pronounce blessing of peace over us. So it's like this. If, he's, if, if we're his children, and we are, he says, peace, I declare it over your life. Peace, I declare it over your life. Peace, I proclaim it over your life. And so he will bless abundantly peace in our life if we allow him. And again, that peace is completeness, wholeness, it's all of these wonderful, wonderful things, soundness, favor. Isn't that a wild thing, by the way, that, that if I'm his child, he's saying, I'm going to be your strength, and I'm going to abundantly bless you by proclaiming favor over your life. Amen. I'm all right with that. Amen. I am all right with that. Because I realize the more he blesses me, the more I can be a conduit to bless other people. That's right. All right. God desires, uh, God desires to make us complete with peace. I believe He wants to give people soundness. In other words, He doesn't want people to teeter totter all over the place when something frustrating happens. I'm preaching to myself right now. I believe He wants to proclaim blessings <coughs> over His children. This will make more sense in a second. He wants people to be whole. Yes. Like, like we say this. And I understand this, and, and I used to say things like this, I'm just a broken, messed up person. Yeah, I was a broken, messed up person. Come on. By his stripes, I'm healed, right? I'm whole now because it is, I don't even live anymore. It's Christ who lives in me, right? And so, so if we say it, he, when he brings salvation to us, which is the word sozo, I've taught on this before, it's, it's mind, it's body, and it's soul. It's a complete and utter healing, a complete and utter salvation that he came for. And so when Jesus came to say, I am the Prince of Peace, he's saying, if you lack anything, I came to take care of that. Amen. That's right. All right. He wants us to be safe, and he, wants, he just wants to declare goodness over us. Why? Well, because it creates an all and those that aren't his children yet. 
here's, here's an amazing verse that, that proves it. Jeremiah 33.9. Jeremiah 33.9 says this. It will be to me, it will be to me, capital me, God speaking, a name of joy, praise, and glory before all the nations of the earth, which hear of all the good that I do for them. It'll be to me a name of joy, praise, and glory before all the nations of the earth, which hear of all the good that I do for them, and they will fear and tremble because of all the good and all the peace that I make for it. So here's God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah saying, it'll be a good thing for my name It'll bring me joy. It'll bring me happiness. It'll bring me glory because of all the good that I do for my people and all the peace that I give my people. In other words, it's saying this. By the way, when he says, all the nations on the earth will hear of all the good that I do for them. The word good means all the nations will hear the benefits that I give my people. They will hear the good things that I give my people, the good deeds that I give my people. It can be translated as the happiness that I give my people. It can be translated as the prosperity that I give my people. And so in other words, in other words, he's saying, because of the goodness and the favor and the peace that I give my people, those outside of my covenant people are going to look at what's in their life and say, I must know what's different about them. They have something that we do not have and it creates a holy and a righteous jealousy within them and it makes them desire to want whatever it is that they have. I believe that if we could live our life and say God has blessed me He's filled me with peace and good things. He's given me a family He takes care of me and, and when all hell breaks loose I don't lose my cool. I'm like I, I, He's given me a peace beyond all understanding right? And I think when we start to respond in that manner, that it, people think that you're weird. They don't understand why you responded that way. And when they ask, why are you acting that way? We can say truthfully, it's because of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, I, I'm just, I'm convinced of this. I think if we're going to win a world, which we've been called to win a world, by the way, not tolerate a world until we die and go to heaven. We've been called to win a world, to expand or increase the boundaries of the kingdom. I don't think we'll win a world by talking them into the kingdom of God. Like I, by the way, and this is just the truth. My, my personal experience, most of the people that really love to argue if, let's just say an atheist. If an atheist really loves to argue about the existence of God or this or that, most of them are highly intelligent, and I promise you they can out-argue circles around me. They really can. And so I don't even bother. Like, I have a friend I went to high school with that, man, he's like, he's brilliant. And he knows the Bible very well, but he knows how to argue against it. Like, I don't even bother arguing because he's so smart. But I do try and manifest goodness and peace whenever I'm around him. Amen. And I think that speaks louder than any argument that we could ever do. That's right. It really does. It's like, oh, family member's sick. Jesus is still good. He's on the throne. That's right. Amen. I saw you live that out last week. Just, I know it was hard, but 
Solid. Solid. It's the goodness of God, folks, that wins people. That's right. Amen. It's the peace of God. Amen. Like, we should look different, right? We should look different. We're from, we're, we are, <laughs> we're aliens. We're, 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 we're people from another place. We're from another kingdom, which means we look different, we talk different, we act different. It's because Christ in me, the hope of glory, so we manifest this peace. And it says the nations will hear of it. The nations will hear of the goodness of God. I just, uh, just want to go after that. All right. Now, through the recognition of who we are in relation to him, Here's a really familiar story. Here's a new covenant story. Jesus talking right here. In Mark chapter 4, it says this. On that day, when evening came, he said to him, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with, with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind. And the waves were breaking over the boat so much the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. Asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up saying to him, saying to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still, or peace, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right. So, let's phrase it like this. All of heaven is attracted to Jesus. All right? All of heaven is attracted to Jesus. That's why we saw the kingdom move through him. He's fully God, but fully man. Lived a sinless life, but whenever he moved, the kingdom always was demonstrated. It was proclamation, it was demonstration. All of heaven is attracted to him. Now, I say that if he lives inside of me, and all of heaven is attracted to the Jesus that's within me. All right? Now, if he is the Prince of Peace, and he is, <clears throat> that means that if we find ourselves in a difficult situation, that means that my situation, <laughs> oh, this is so funny. Let me phrase it like this. If he's the Prince of Peace, and he is, then... If any situation that I face, if I'm in Christ, my situation is in Christ as well. I'll say that again. If I'm in Christ, then any situation that I go through will be in Christ. Amen. It may not line up with me, but it will. If I'm in Christ, then what's going in my, on in my life is in Christ. It just may not have caught up with him yet. It may not be quite on earth as it is in heaven yet. But if I'm in Christ, my situations will be in Christ. That means that if I'm in a storm, 
and he's in me, inside of me, living in my heart, that means that he is in the very center of that storm. Amen. And has the ability to proclaim peace over that storm. Amen. So, back, verse 37, it says, And there arose, and I'm not negating storms, because some storms are because we do knucklehead stuff. But then there's storms like this. And there arose a fierce gale of wind. The word arose, in verse 37, it means came into being. It means actually transitioned from one realm to another. Now, we understand that sometimes we go through hard things because we do stupid stuff. But sometimes things happen that are hard because it's just a spiritual attack. That's what's going on here. It says that it was a transition from one realm into another. In other words, a demonic storm rose up and came against it. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Things were going really good and then, boom, things happened. And you think, Lord, what is this? It's the enemy trying to discourage and get, get us off of whatever mission that we have for Jesus. And so there arose this fierce wind, and out of nowhere this demonic thing came into being. And then verse, what is it, verse 37 or 38, it says, and he got up. They woke Jesus up, which, by the way, it's, it's comical to me that they're going through this demonic storm, and they're worried that they're going to die, but they had Jesus with him. How many, how many of us have gotten really stressed out when something bad happened, but Jesus is with us, right? It's the same type of scenario. And Jesus, he's just like sawing logs down there. And, and I think this, I think that Jesus could saw logs because you, you can't rest in a storm unless you have authority over a storm. That's right. And so, so here's Jesus resting, sawing logs because of the authority of the storm. They wake up, they're like, we're going to die. And he's like, What? And he goes out and he rebuked the storm, which means that he chided, admonished, and warned. It's like, and, and, and I can just picture him getting up and going, storm, you know, shaking his finger at it. He, he rebuked it. He admonished it. And when he, he actually warned it. It's like, it, it's like, you better stop because you don't realize what's coming to you is when he spoke to the storm. And then he says, hush be still or, or peace be still and when he says hush it means to be to be quiet it means to be silent it means to be completely motionless and so right. Jesus is like this storm that's going on I tell you I'm going to put you in your place you must stop moving and the word be still it actually means that he put a muzzle on the storm means to put the silence and to make still so if, if 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 telling it to be still once and be quiet wasn't good enough he said let's just do it completely and let's put a muzzle on it i don't know if you ever put a muzzle on a dog before right but it keeps it from being able to bite you and jesus says i'm going to put a muzzle on this storm to keep it from harming you jesus spoke and it changed it changed the physical atmosphere, right? The manifestation of the storm, and it changed the spiritual atmosphere, the manifestation of the enemy. Those words. Changed the complete atmosphere. I believe this is extremely important. I believe this is extremely important because if he is 
in us. Then when we're walking through these storms, I'm being very careful how I phrase this. If he's in me and I'm walking through a storm, that means he can tell that storm to stop. It actually means that if he, I, he's in me, that I could tell the storm to stop, right? Because of what he's given me. This makes people uncomfortable. I get it, but that's okay. It's just the Bible. <laughs> like, I don't think... I don't think we need to walk around looking for the enemy to, to like yell at them and be like, stop. You know, I don't think we need to do that. But I think that when something happens, I think that like if you something bad happens and you're tempted to go back to a coping mechanism that you always run to, I think you can be like, get behind me, Satan. Amen. Right? Or I believe this. That if we got family members that are getting sick, or we got friends, loved ones getting sick, and it's just like one after one after one after one after one, I think we can start saying, God, send your peace to this right now. Enemy, you have no authority over my family. Jesus is going to tell this to stop. And I just think we can start praying that way Amen. and believing in faith. Okay? And it's not name it and claim it stuff. I think it's just really starting to to understand the authority that he's given us because he lives inside of us, all That's right? right. And, and now, and I, I think this too, that if I walk into a dark place, I don't think, oh, he's going to get me because actually the word peace, shalom, means safety, right? And so even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or even though I walk through darkness, I'm not going to fear evil because he is with me. And so if I walk into a situation and... And I don't know if you ever walk into a place and you're like, man, and it may be just a business or maybe you're in a crowd of people and someone just the hair on your neck stands up, right? And you're like, I need to get out of here. But what if, what if saying, instead of saying, I need to get out of here, what if it's like, Jesus, just fill this place with your presence right now? That's right. This atmosphere of darkness, it needs to go. You need to put a muzzle to it. God, would you just make it go right now in Jesus' name? And it changes that. It changes that. So I don't think we need to go looking for the enemy. But I think we need to understand that we really don't even have to fight with them either. <laughs> that we can just begin to speak the words of Jesus. And he's already lost and he's already been defeated, right? It changes things. Amen. I'll be honest, this is something that... I'll be honest, like three years ago, I've been scared to death to teach anything like this. Because I've been like, what are they going to think of me? But now I'm scared to death not, scared to death not to because I feel like I'm robbing people Come on. By, not, by not telling them the truth. So people think I'm crazy, I'm crazy. But I believe, I believe the Lord wants us to understand <clears throat> who we are in relation to him. And I'm yes. his son. I'm his boy. And because I'm his boy, and he says that I'm a co-heir with Christ, which means that everything Jesus has been given, 
I've been given as well. That means that I don't have to live like a pauper in the king's palace, that I can live like royalty and begin to decree and begin to believe that the Lord's going to move whenever these things begin to happen. Amen. Changes things. We April shared last week, like, it was last Friday, I think you shared that one, honey. Last Friday, like, we, we've been just been doing more declarative type of prayers. Again, not name and claim it stuff, because that, the Bible says the Lord gives you the desires of your heart, which I think if we ask God for his heart, <laughs> right, we start to actually pray back God's desires, all right? Well, so rather than like, we, we've just been like, all right, we're not going to beg for these things that we think are the Lord's heart, but we're just going to start declaring and prophesying in that loud like, God, would you move in this situation? Would you move in our friends' family's sickness? Would you move in our family's own sickness? Would you would you move in the schools? Would you move in some people we know where they radically need provision and they need you to show up? God, we, we believe that you want to bless them, yes. right? We believe you're proclaiming favor over them, God, and all of heaven is attracted to Jesus that's inside of them, God. Amen. So would you send breakthrough? Would you send release? And I kid you, I, I don't have seven, eight prayers. In the last couple, that the Lord has just boom, 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 moved. And it's not that we have a secret key and we're like, we're using a magic password. I think we're just finally starting to discover what it means. Amen. What it means to pray like this. Amen. Peace be still. That's right. Sickness go. And again, it's like we think of a storm, but... Storm the way, again, the way that it's translated literally means something demonic coming against them. If you read Mark chapter 5, they came and set a demoniac free, right? So, I mean, they were going to do something. And that guy led 10 cities into revival. It actually says that he went back and told the entire Decapolis. So, they were on their way. You think the enemy didn't know that? <laughs> you think the enemy didn't know that, oh, they're going to the other side. And they're going to go to this one guy that's naked and cutting himself and is being by himself. And they're going to set this man free. And he's going to get so free that he goes and he tells ten whole cities. And if he tells ten cities, revival is going to break loose in ten cities. It's no wonder a storm rose. And Jesus. Peace be still. Right? I picture him wiping the sleep out of his eyes when he gets out and proclaims that. Peace be still. This last verse, 1 John four seventeen, and it's one I've ended every time on this series as well. As he is, so are we in this world. That's right. Like, this is something, I'll be honest, like, this has been really challenging me. And it's such a small, and it's like part B of 1 John four seventeen. all right? But 1 John 4, 17, part B says, as he is, so are we in this world. It's like, Jesus, what was he in this world? Well, he was hope. He was joy. He was peace. He was mighty, right? Actually, if we go by Isaiah 9, 6, he was a wonderful counselor. He was a mighty God. He was the eternal father. And he's the prince of peace. And he demonstrated and manifested all those characteristics. And as he is, so are we in this world. And I'm not putting myself up there saying we're Jesus. 
What I'm saying is, is that as he is, so are we. Which means that if the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of me, then I should be able to demonstrate the things that Jesus demonstrated. Which means that I should be able to respond in the manner in which Jesus responded. Which means that I should be able to reach down and help someone up in the manner that Jesus would help someone up. Right? What did Jesus do? He would go and interrupt funerals. He would heal lepers. He would... He would proclaim freedom to the captives, right? He would, he would walk through a crowd and someone pushed through the crowd just to get to him. And, and he had such an awareness of the presence of God in his life that he felt the power of God go out through him. And he stopped and said, who touched me? And everyone got weirded out. And they're like, well, Jesus, you're being kind of weird because there's all these people touching you. He goes, no, you don't understand. I felt something go out because I have such an awareness of the presence that's on my life. And I felt it go out. And he looked at the woman and she got all scared. And he looked at her and said, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Go, right? He, 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 he did all of these wonderful things. And the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Like, I get so stinking challenged when I read that and think about that. Because I, I don't think, I don't think that's a metaphor. I don't think that's just something that, that, John, <laughs> that John wrote. Because he's like, you know what would look good if I put, as he is, so are we in this world. That just sounds really poetic. I don't think John put it in there because of that. I think John put it in there because it's the truth. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so if, if I am as he is in this world, Jesus, give me a greater revelation of who you are in this world so that I have a greater revelation of who I'm supposed to be in this world. That's because right. if I get a greater revelation of who I'm supposed to be in this world, I guarantee that the kingdom is going to increase abundantly, right? It's going to. That's right. It's going to. Yeah. Prince of Peace. So very practically, real quick, very practically, I just want to leave us with this thought. In a world that's anxious and anxiety-ridden and stressed out all the time, what would it look like if we began to say, Prince of Peace lives inside of me. Now, I may not walk up to someone and say, the Prince of Peace lives inside of me. You're right? <laughs> That'd just be weird. I'd probably creep him out. But what if I said, the Prince of Peace lives inside of me? And if I see someone stressed out and anxious, I was the calm, cool, and collected one in that conversation. I was one that they will say, God's got this. Amen. Right? What would it, I mean, it would really change things. What if you had someone went through something very traumatic and you were able to say, I don't understand, but he's good. That's right. He's good. I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend to give you some fake, sometimes bad things happen or God wanted this to happen. I'm not even going to give you any of those fake platitudes. I'm just going to say, I don't know, but I know he's good. That's right. By the way, you can really mess people up by giving them unbiblical advice for why bad things happen. Yeah. God's good. No, he didn't want another angel. <laughs> He's good. Amen. He's good. Maybe a demonic storm rose out of nowhere to derail people from their faith. 
peace be still. Anyway, I'm going to get in trouble if I keep going. So. <laughs> Here's what I'd like to do. I'm actually going to ask, um, I'd, I'd like, uh, goodness, can we go get them in the back? We're going to receive communion tonight. And uh, Jeff and Mary Kay, Ethan will come up here with the kiddos. The kiddos can receive communion too. And um, we just want, I don't know, how do we say this?